Welcome back, humans. Today I have for you a meditation entitled Christ and His Church. Here's how it goes. Other religious, social, political organizations may arouse opposition, but the incurable disquiet of those who fear the Catholic Church is due to the fact that, while all the others are systems, the Church is a person. An incalculable person. A person with infinite power and a child's values. The person of Jesus Christ. We know perfectly well that there are often scandals in the Church. That despite her pure heart, her children sometimes grow worldly and base and dress her up with tawdry golden garments, which they have woven with black and cunning fingers. Sometimes we see nothing but ugliness in her. Yet, even so, she is the refuge and hope of all sinners, the joy and hope of all saints, the life and hope of every living creature. And this is because, under this aspect... The church is still Christ. Christ in his passion, Christ crowned with thorns, his face covered in blood and dirt and the dust of the road on which we flung him down. He still remains the one ultimately irresistible person. This is why the church is sometimes hated. Wonder not if the world hates you. Sometimes feared. It is the mystery of utter love which is recognized, if not by the head, at least by the heart, and which no wounding and no disfiguring can hide. He has no comeliness whereby we shall know him. But we know him without comeliness. St. Peter walked on the stormy sea, but when his faith wavered he began to sink, and Christ rebuked him. O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? What courage it would take to try to walk on the sea, even if we could see the face of Christ. But it takes much more courage to leave our false securities, our leaking boats of materialism, and to walk towards him on the churned-up, angry sea of our civilization. It would be a heroic thing, to do even if we could see him. But when the face of Christ is hidden in the darkness of our heart, then it requires all the heroism of Our Lady's fiat. That meditation was written by Carol Houselander. Carol Houselander was a British author, poet, and spiritual teacher. This meditation is found in The Read of God which was published in 1944 by Christian Cla Classics, Christian Classics, a division of Thomas More Publishing. I found this meditation in the November 2020 issue of Magnificat. If anyone doesn't know, Magnificat is an apostolate of the Dominican Order. It is a monthly magazine that features daily meditations like this and also prayers for the Liturgy of the Hours, or the Divine Office. 
And it also has every reading for the daily mass and the Sunday mass and some little articles of interest to Catholics of today. So if you're interested in it, I would recommend it. I will put a link in the episode description on where to learn more about this magazine. And now I would like to read for you the gospel reading for the day that this meditation was given, which was November 9th of 2020. The gospel reading for that day, which this meditation dovetails with, went a little something like this. It was a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John, chapter 2, verses 13 to 22. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he, was, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. So, that meditation dovetails with this reading on the fact that scandal is not something new, whether it's among the Jews or whether it's among Christians. Scandal is not something new. Jesus saw it in his day, and it infuriated him. To the point where he created a whip, drove them out, flipped their tables. And in the midst of this, they had the nerve to say to him, What sign can you show us for having done this? Do you think they were unaware that what they were doing was wrong? I don't think so. I think they knew full well that what they were doing was wrong. And when Jesus got angry with them, they said, who are you to do this? Who are you to point out to us what we have done wrong? Show us a sign so that we know that you can do this. The audacity. In my mind, I see Jesus leaning close to their faces and saying to them, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. You want a sign? Watch what I will do. Do you think he was immune to anger? I don't think so. So if you are angry about the scandals within the church, whether they're happening now, or they've happened in the past, or whatever it is, if you are angry about it, you have every right to be. But, as Carol Houselander reminds us, 
the church is not her subjects. The church is not her scandal. The church is not simply her priests and bishops and the Pope, okay? The church is all of us, and the church is Jesus Christ. We, the church, are the body of Christ. The church is a person, and that person is infuriated by scandal. He will correct it. He will make it better. Our hope lies in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Be encouraged, my brothers and sisters. We will get through this.